Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Hello. I, I think I was waiting for John Bauer to come uh, on. I but, was too. But, I was but, looking. He's not here. He, he is hiding on us tonight. He, he, is, he is on a vacation day here. So uh, Mitch and I are holding down the fort. Episode 178 of Dynasty Theory. Mitch, how are you tonight, my man? I'm good. Like I just got home 15 minutes ago, so ate some food really quick, came running downstairs, and I'm like, hey, it's theory night. I'm happy now. Ready to, to shift it into gear for week six here. I, I am excited to talk about week six and kind of look ahead to week seven and, and the rest of our dynasty season. I'm wearing my Philly swag tonight, but dedicated dynasty theory, ready to talk football, even though I am in game one of the NLCS mode. It's only been 11 seasons, uh, but we are excited. But before we get, get into week six, we know we are sponsored by Manscaped. This week's episode of Dynasty Theory brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Theory20 at Manscaped.com. You could get the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker for ear and nose hair. It is time to take care of yourself, so go to Manscaped.com, get 20% off, with free shipping using the code theory 20 that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use code theory 20 unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped i think everybody we have referred and recommended mm -hmm. to manscaped has been happy with the products mitch uh so what a great way to start our show hopefully our viewers and listeners will take advantage of that offer and with that let's get our manscaped intro into week six Ooh. Who, it was who a good is, week. It was kind of fun. Who is the man this week, Mitch? What uh, what, what are your uh, initial thoughts as, as we get ready to break down some winners and losers tonight? I actually didn't have this guy on the show notes, but I kind of want to get your take on him. What do you think about the whole Cam Akers situation right now? Are you – do you think he's getting traded? Do you think if, even if he gets traded, is he going to go to a situation that matters? Like, my problem was – you know, two years ago, before his Achilles injury, everybody was really high on him because, hey, he could lead the league in rushing attempts because, like, the Rams wanted him to be really good. But even going back to his rookie season, he was never really as good as Daryl Henderson. It's just the Rams really wanted him to be better than Daryl Henderson, so we thought he was going to get all the work. And then this sort of thing happens to where he's pretty much sent home from the team or he decided to take time off, whatever you want to look at it there. But now... I don't know if I should be moving him. I don't know if I should be keeping him. I'm not sure what to do here. That is a great question. And one we did not talk about before the show in, in, in any ways. And, I, and I'm glad you brought him up because he is definitely on the, the minds of our Dynasty Theory listeners there. And, you know, this is a situation where we've talked in past episodes where, you know, hey, we're taking as much information as we can to make an educated decision. And with Cam Akers, we're speculating a lot because – it hasn't been a good situation in Los Angeles. You know, the O-line's not blocking great. He hasn't looked great in his small sample size. But it seems like there's a lot more going on there. And we're wondering, hey, is it the Rams? Is it Cam Akers? The coach in me is definitely concerned because no matter how bad it is, 
if you're a professional, like you're kind of sucking it up and, and just being a team player and doing what's asked you. And, you know, you hope at some point you're going to get your break and things are going to work out. But for it to be so bad that, you know, these little comments that we're reading in between the lines between Coach McVay and the, yep. the Rams, something's not right. And, you know, is it a situation where there is talent there? He has flashed it at times, and he's just a very unhappy with his employee and wants out. And it's, you know, sometimes when you play mad or aren't, or aren't emotionally where you need to be, you don't perform well. And something things kind of go sideways, but you're a professional. So so I am concerned about that, Mitch. Um, I've always been a little more on the Acres side, you know, Same. bet on talent and, and wanting him. So I'm maybe – a little willing to roll the dice and hope he goes somewhere where it's just a fresh new situation with an offensive line that maybe is blocking a little more. And Hey, with opportunity in fantasy football comes, uh, we, we see values come yeah. up quick, but that definitely comes with a lot of risk with cam Akers. you know, maybe similar to Robbie Anderson, disgruntled employee Could really be. showed yeah. it coach kicks him off the sidelines. So and that boom, he's already on a new team. Maybe well, it can happen that quick for acres. Just like that. They said, uh, okay, Robbie, we're done with your services. We'll, <laughs> we'll take a six round pick and a future seventh or whatever that was. Yep. Somewhere, yep. and, and he's gone. So, so we'll have to watch that one closely. Obviously the, you know, the state of the running back position, if we could get a diamond and rough, we're all looking for yeah. running backs. Um, you know, maybe you just hold right now until we have a little more understanding of where where he's going. If you have him on your rosters, and if you're desperate for running back, maybe it's a cheap find, hoping he gets traded. Yeah, it's funny you bring up the running backs because the other like two players that I had in here, as far as like the winners, is Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, and it's it's not just based off of those games because I mean Brees Hall on the season, I think he's a top five back right now or I mean might be top, top six or top seven but he's doing so well and it's not just him it's going into the season I talked about it a ton about how all the good running backs are old and we don't want them on our dynasty roster now all of a sudden Brees Hall is looking like worth that 101 2022 draft pick we used in all of our rookie drafts he's looking like that guy now Kenneth Walker looked more than okay on Sunday. And so for me, it's just like, maybe we do have some hope in the running back landscape right now with dynasty is we have two really young guys. We have Swift who can never stay healthy, but Swift is still good. We have the good running backs coming in next year. Maybe we do get a little bit more of resurgence happening in this running back room. Maybe we were off on acres and Dobbins and those sort of players. Maybe Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker are the ones that are going to like help us out a little bit more because they're looking good in all aspects of the field right now. Yeah, I wasn't sure if the, these were notes that you put on the, the show sheet or, or JB, but as our user comments there that I could see in the chat here, you know, JB did have a manscaped incident tonight, maybe so. So Mitch, these, these are definitely your takes and, and, and good ones at that. Um, the running back the running back landscape is definitely very volatile and we do need this influx of talent now. Cause there are some guys that we were either banking on or, you know, we're looking for a rebound and there's been a lot of struggles there. You know, Camara hasn't been Camara. Swift might be made of glass. Najee hasn't quite been up to expectations. Jonathan Taylor's hurt. Um, you know, Carolina situation still murky with McCaffrey. There's just a lot of ifs around a lot of running backs that list could go on and on. So, one, we need this young influx of talent. 
Brees Hall we've talked about in a lot in previous weeks, so I won't mm-hmm. spend too much time on right. Brees other than I want to say he continues to look good. But one thing I will be looking to watch in future weeks, Mitch, is will when they play some upscale competition. I, I'm not worried about Brees Hall's talent, but that passing game is still struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, one of 11 on third down attempts. Teams are going to adjust. How do you stop the Jets? Well, I'm probably going to put eight in the box. I'm going to do everything we can to take Brees Hall out of this game or at least contain him and make you beat us with the pass. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little uncertain right now. I'm still optimistic on Zach Wilson's, you know, upside with risk. Very talented receivers and Garrett Wilson. We, We don't know why Elijah Moore got zero targets last week, especially when Garrett Wilson had a top corner matchup for the week. I would think I'd be trying to attack the other side, which, Concerns me about their offensive coordinator a bit. Maybe not as much as some of these other offenses we're going to talk about tonight, Mm -hmm. but there's something there in the Jets' land that's like trending up, but not all the way healthy. So, you know, it might just be some inconsistent play. It might not be all these blow-up games for Brees Hall. Mm -hmm. Love them, but still watching the Jets' situation closely. Kenneth Walker, I'm going to give you a lot of credit here, Mitch, because you've been on this guy since day one That's with right. conviction and, and pounding the drum for weeks, no matter no matter the highs and lows. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's a, a great take to have when you're high on someone. And you do have to be patient with these rookies sometimes in their situations. You never know when the opportunities come or when the, when the team deems you know he's ready. He flashed two weeks ago, and then Penny gets injured. Now the opportunity is there, and he did nothing to disappoint this last yep. weekend. Like. Yep. He definitely passed the eye test. And it's a little bit of an interesting situation because, you know, I didn't have as much draft capital as I like in most of my teams, as we know, is <laughs> I'm an active trader That's going true. into this offseason. I was able to get some Brees Hall, but I didn't. It was like Brees Hall or my picks were later. And like, so I was just kind of out of the Kenneth Walker sleep sweepstakes. My concern with him a little bit was, was pass blocking and just like mm-hmm. the overall picture. He definitely looked good as a runner in, in college. And as we watch how the Jets are, or sorry, Seattle is uh, utilizing him, he's not in third downs. That was like DJ Dallas territory, but he's still getting passing game receiving work, which tells me he is a capable receiver. There still may be some adjustment in pass protections, like those obvious third down passing situations where maybe they feel a little safer with DJ Dallas and pass protection. So, uh, you know, I hope he continues to learn and get some more third down opportunities because we, we love our guys on the field all the time. But he's still getting catches on first and se- second down for fantasy. That's important where he's going to get receptions. And uh, the sky is l- the limit. I-, I think it's really looking promising for Kenneth Walker. He reminds me so much of what happened with Nick Chubb his rookie year. Nick Chubb was behind all of those running backs. I can't remember all the running backs he was behind. But one of them, I think, was Carlos Hyde. And Carlos Hyde ended up getting cut after a few day after a few weeks. And then Chubb started taking off. And I mean, it's kind of the same thing for Walker. That's kind of what you're waiting for with a lot. I think we're kind of waiting for it with Travis Etienne. Is you're just waiting for that that blow-up game, that huge game. Etienne almost had one this past week. I mean, he he looked pretty good, but it's it's just fun now to have young running backs we care about because I uh, going into the season, it sucked. I'm like, I don't want any running backs on my dynasty teams. If I could, if I could have zero, I would, but we have a lot of leagues to where we have to start three of them. And it made it so hard going into the year being like, yeah, have Alvin Kamara, but I'm not happy about this. 
Yeah, like guys like in that Kamara class right now, we, we know they're getting up there in running back years of age, and they're not as attractive in the dynasty landscape. So we've got two backs now that we're excited about. If they're on our rosters, mm-hmm. we're excited for the opportunity. Maybe something breaks. They're, they're definitely hard to acquire, but you know, depending on league breaks and roster construction, it may be doable. And it definitely has us looking forward to next dynasty season. This is where John's already like planning next year and salvating <laughs> for, for startups before this year's over. Um, but two young running backs that are talented, the promise looks, the future looks promising. And we know there's more talented running backs coming. So very encouraging for the RB position. And I'll get to ETN later. I have a little bit of mixed feelings okay. on that, that I'll be okay. interested in your opinion when we get there. So winners, you have a few winners listed and I, think I agree with all of them, but okay. The one I don't, I got to ask you about. You have Alec Pierce, Pittman, and JT. Did this one game really make you be like, hey, everything's going to be okay now? I I don't want to say it makes me feel like everything's going to be okay. You know, they went with this. The Colts went with a little bit of a no hurry, fast pace, get the ball out of Matty Ryan's hands. And it worked versus Jacksonville, who's having an up and down year. Like, so there's no, this is a small sample size. But what's in my head is two weeks ago, watching the Colts game, they were starting to reshape their offensive line and making some progress. And then it kind of picked up momentum this week. And Deion Jackson at running back had a real big game. And he's no Jonathan Taylor, not (laughs) even close. And and my thought is Jonathan Taylor's injury is an ankle injury. He's going to come back. That ankle is going to be absolutely fine. And I remember watching him last year. I I hope our dynasty community does too. He was the best running back in pro football. Mm -hmm. So his stock's a little bit down now. Like, you know, I I put out a trade offer for for Jonathan Taylor last week, and and I I tried to make it a little hefty. And the response I got was, you know, thank you, but I gave up so much more to get him. I'm not quite ready to to go there. Not quite ready means you are thinking about it a little bit. More week, (laughs) but but like like you would have blow me blow me off and told me to pound sand if I sent the same offer, you know, a year ago before the season started. So I'm thinking this Colts offense is starting to generate. Pierce is starting to get involved. I like Pierce going back to our Dynasty Theory mock drafts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Pittman had another big game, so he's not dead. Um, I just think there's talent there. I think they're going to have more good games than not good games. And, you know, at some point, like like Matty Ryan is just a smart, hardworking quarterback that unfortunately he's on the back end of his career. But if they could fix the O-line, he could have more good games and we can get fantasy production out of those three studs. And I would try to get Jonathan Taylor while the, the Brees Halls and the Kenneth Walkers of the world are getting all the attention. Yeah, No, I, I get it. It's, I still worry about the offense, right? I mean, it's, <clears throat> they had the one game. They were okay. Uh, they've been about the worst offense in the league before that though. So I might, I might pump the brakes a little bit more, but you also have Wandell Robinson on your list. Yeah, one last thought on the the Colts before I go to Wandell. And and I put up Jack's comment here about buying all those Colts players before it's too late. And with the trepidation you had in your voice of, "Ah, I'm still skeptical because how bad they are. I just think it's your only buy window, betting on talent. You know, again, I I think it may bite us a week or two here and there because – they're going to have some tough matchups and Matty Ryan's, you know, I mean, Matt Ryan. it's Matt Ryan. <laughs> all right. But a bet on talent and in long-term dynasty potential, they're three very young assets with a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, Wondell Robinson. So I have been just chomping at the bits. Like, and this is another one. Again, I'm big on team 
non-dysfunction. And, and when we get to the biggest losers, my concern is going to shift to where <laughs> yeah, do these franchises <laughs> go short-term or long-term? Mm-hmm. But right now, looking at the Giants through six weeks at five and one, and we talked a little bit about this last week. No, I don't think they're like Super Bowl contending for real, but I think they're a team trending in the right direction for real on all assets of their coach and staff and with talent. So they're playing good with no name wide receivers like David Sills, who will never find a home on our dynasty theory, our dynasty rosters long term. They have two young, talented receivers that we're really wondering about. And they're, they're Kadarius Tony and, and, and Wandell Robinson. But the big difference is one, Wandell Robinson is a boy they drafted and yes. invested in and they want. Mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony is on the trade block. And there's we know where there's smoke, there's fire, there's reasons for that. Not sure if he can stay healthy, not sure if he's rehabbing like he's supposed to be rehabbing, not sure what's going on in that guy's world that it's all secrets. Where Wandell, he showed us in the preseason that there's talent. He's healthy, gets his opportunity in an NFL game, and he shines. You know, he's involved, and, and he is the one receiver they have that right now I think is going to be their wide receiver one the rest of the season as long as he stays healthy, and they're going to build around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the big thing with Robinson is <clears throat> you can look, and he only had four targets during the game, right? But this was his first game back as a rookie since week one to where he barely played. And so this is his first week back. They already got him involved. He got a touchdown. The touchdowns are fluky, but I agree. This is a team who drafted him early and they want to use him in the offense. I don't care if he's 5'5". I don't care if he's 5'2". He's big enough to play in the NFL. And I think they're going to use him and they have to use him. They don't have anybody else in New York. So I, I actually talked about him on the pivot point right before the Sunday games when I was breaking it down with John. I think he's just such a good buy right now, and I think you could still get him really cheap. For some reason, my (laughs) camera unplugged, but it says I need to plug it back in, so I'll let you take it here for a second. I'll take care of that. I didn't know if you were pulling a John Cena there, and we just can't see Mitch, but to his point there of you know just being a great guy to obtain look at the rookie wide receiver landscape you know you're going to have a hard time getting a Drake London Garrett Wilson still pretty hyped up Jamison Williamson might or Jamison Williams will maybe come back in the in the upcoming weeks at some point as a dart throw with a high ceiling so you're not going to get him easy George Pickens is getting all the hype Chris Olave you could get Wandale Robinson and he's going to be right in that class and I don't think it's just because of opportunity that we want him because it could be a, just a bad team and that opportunity doesn't result in production. But the way the Giants are building, I could see Danny Dimes being a good version of Ryan Tannehill when everything's going good. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, not uh, not only did Mitch disappear, but like he's, he's really disappeared. So hopefully he'll be signing back in. But by Wondell Robinson. And I see Ryan in the chat here is asking, hey, what are you doing with your Kadarius Tony shares? Because I do have a ton of them, way too many than I should have. Is he a hold at this point? Yes, he is a hold. I, I think you have to hold because you are not – anything you get is just not even worth any upside that he has. I don't want a fourth-round pick that I'm being offered for him. I don't even want a third-round pick that I'm being offered for him. If I was given a second-round pick – I would consider that because when we drafted him, he was a second round pick. Um, so I don't think you're losing value there. And you can maybe reinvest in somebody that's healthy with no offseason issues. But we do know he has talent. It's just there's other guys like my boy, Kevin White, who got drafted by the Bears years ago. Ton of talent. 
injuries have kind of derailed that career. There's been other first round draft picks that busted. Like, like a Denzel Mims is just not coming to Kadarius. Tony's heading towards that class, but I'd still rather wait on talent then have to just give him away. So yes, Kadarius Tony is, is a hold for sure. And then Wes is right. I think this is what happens when you don't manscape. Even the camera revolts. So that might be happening with Mitch there. Although I think he's a manscaper. I'm not sure. Yeah, like I'm here, but I think my camera finally died. I mean, I bought this thing four years ago, so I'm not shocked. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. So sorry for the YouTube feed. It looks a little bit weird, but we'll get through it. But um. <laughs> So, really, you have one more person on here. I kind of disagree. You have a winner as Robbie Anderson. My biggest worry is I don't think the coaching staff is smart enough to use players in the way that they're supposed to be used. And so I think even him going there, the coaching staff isn't going to use him as he should be used. I mean, look at what they're doing with Rondell Moore. I mean, I just – I but, Really, it's nothing against Robbie Anderson. I just think that that coaching staff is so bad. I have no faith in them actually using players in a good way. So that's kind of why I was out on Marquise to begin with. Marquise was actually very good. But I'm really, really down on Robbie Anderson after this move. So I agree with you and disagree with you in the same sentence, Mitch. And everything you said, spot on, 100%. I don't want Robbie Anderson. I'm not buying Robbie Anderson. I am selling him, but I think he was a big winner in week six because he got a new situation. There's still a lot of Kyler truthers out there. And we're going to talk about Arizona a little more in the biggest losers. But if there was a, like with a guy with Robbie Anderson before this trade, he was dead on your rosters. And I've got a few shares. Now there's this small window and it is small, but Hollywood Browns hurt. They need help Arizona. There's a small, tiny window where if you could get anything for him, I would move him. Could I you could get it. Yeah. Could you get? Could you get a third round? Maybe I don't know. Um, if you could, I, I would take a third round pick for Robbie Anderson. I might even take a fourth round pick. I'm not sure, but my point is, if there was a window for him to have any kind of value or at least be in the conversation, it's now. Um, so, so do what you can because I think the window will close soon, as Mitch says, because Arizona's got some issues. No, um, like I completely agree with how you put it there. I thought you were saying like he's a winner, he's going to do good. But no, I definitely agree that his value is bumped. And I think you can probably get a third from now in most situations. Yeah, T take what you, what you could get if the opportunity presents itself. And then just, just two more notes, Mitch, on on the winners before we move to Biggest mm -hmm. Losers. Tyquan Thornton I also put on the list of – he's kind of in that Wandell Robinson class of – the team really needs help at wide receiver, even though Jacoby Myers has been doing well. And I think Hunter Henry finally got healthy and has kind of got some life again. They need some juice. And he showed us in the preseason, just like Wondell Robinson, that there's something there. And once healthy, he was a big contributor. I have him a notch below Wondell Robinson because I know Kendall Bourne, I believe, did get injured in that game or before the game or something where that kind of lent a little bit more opportunity as far as being in a rotation. So I don't know how you know, New England's going to kind of deploy him or, or, or rotate him, where Wandell, I think, is going to be the guy and in every game. But uh, Thornton, I think, is definitely a riser and was a winner last week because when given the opportunity, he, he capitalized. And I put Dawson Knox on the list as well because, again, we, we talked about him in previous weeks. I saw him as a scenario that, like Gabe Davis, he was banged up and he was injured. And there's certain guys, when they're injured, they're there just to help the team win games, not help our fantasy rosters. But when they're healthy, and as he was this week, 
his role changed again. He was mm-hmm. in that high, you know, snap percentage, route percentage where he's getting volume. And then a tight end in the Buffalo offense, you know, it may not be big every week, but we have at the very least, least like seeing our tight end in this weak tight end landscape getting a lot of opportunities versus some of those other tight end situations that we see. Yeah, I agree. It's with the tight ends, you're just hoping for anything. And Dawson Knox, I mean, he kind of had the game that we we're hoping for. This is, like you said, he's not going to have eight targets every game. He's not going to have, he's probably not going to have six targets every game. But he has the touchdown upside every single game. That's rivaled by maybe four to five tight ends that are in the league just because of how good Josh Allen is and how good that Buffalo offense is. So I completely agree. Like every time he props up, yeah, honestly, you're probably just happy that you already have him on your team more so than going out and trying to acquire him at this point because everyone else who has him, they're really happy now. They're like, see, that's what I told you all off seasons what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you're in a team where you're, you're like, okay, hey, we're in week six, entering week seven, and I, where can I improve my roster? And maybe you're strong at the other three positions, and tight end is that one area where you could improve your roster. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're probably not getting Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey. So you're probably not getting Kyle Pitts because he's so young. Maybe you're getting Darren Waller or George Kittle if that window opens, but they still might be overpriced. I wouldn't mind having a Dawson Knox, or if I can't get Dawson Knox, we talked about Taysom Hill last week, which Dynasty, I'm not thrilled because, I mean, he's 32. But they are the kind of players that if they could help you three weeks the rest of the season, give you some splash games, get you some wins, help your scoring, it's better than those other options that could get really ugly. Yeah, I I completely agree. And well... I th- I think the guy that I'm going to bring up here, you you have a lot of negatives. I don't have that many losers. I have one. And I know you're going to disagree with it. I, I know everybody's going to hate me for it. But it's Justin Herbert. My worry is everyone did. A lot of people had him ranked as the quarterback one or quarterback two in Dynasty coming into the year. My biggest issue is there is no difference between starting him and... Kirk Cousins every single week. And that's my worry is if you paid that inflated price for him, you're going to be able to get it now. I don't know if you're going to be able to get it four weeks from now, five weeks from now, six weeks from now, if this keeps happening. If we're going into the fantasy playoffs, you know, there might be a time to someone who's like, hey, I'm going to pay everything I can to get Lamar Jackson. He is going to improve my team to a point to where I could win. I could win a championship. Same thing with Mahomes. Same thing with Josh Allen. Even Joe Burrow's getting a little bit better. I don't know why anyone would do it for Justin Herbert when you could go out and get Marcus Mariota, who's given you almost the exact same amount of points a week. And this is nothing against like Justin Herbert. I think he's really good. I think it's just how that offense is running. And the dude threw over 50 times and didn't get a touchdown last night. I mean, it's... (laughs) that's like hard to do and it's his talent is amazing and he's a very good player but my worry is for dynasty being a good player just sometimes isn't enough like you actually have to score points as well don't remind my dfs lineups last night that he threw 50 times and had zero touchdowns just just just, you know i'm a little sour there but so the, the right? Marcus, the Marcus Mariota one was a little extreme, but I do know where you're going as far as the way the offenses are running right now. I, I, w- I would just say 
what you're seeing in, in your insight to this year is right on. But for dynasty owners, just please be careful. Don't go out and trade Justin Herbert. Um, I, I, I think a little bit what you're saying, Mitch, and what, where I do agree is our expectations going into the season is he is in a class with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. You know, maybe you want to talk about Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts as, as he is elevated and he's not going to get you that production this season, more likely than not. He is in that Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr class, unfortunately, and that's not what we drafted Herbert to be. But where I would want to say be careful is his talent is so good. He could overcome on a certain couple weeks this year. But I really believe they are going to fire this coach after this season because they are going to underachieve. And a good coach like maybe Sean Payton is going to come in there and he is going to be phenomenal a year from now when he actually has a coach that knows what he's doing. All right, Mr. Analytics, I go down, I go for that fourth down no matter what. I don't care about momentum. And my O-line, I know the right tackle along with the rest of the world knows he he's he's terrible, but I'm still not going to help protect my quarterback who's got torn rib <laughs> cartilage. Like, like, come on already. Like, 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 protect your franchise quarterback, build a plan around him, put points on the board where you could get him. And so a lot of those things are very frustrating, um, you know, and which tells me, you know, how well are you coaching up this quarterback to elevate his game and be better? Yep. You know, you could be talented. You need a coach to put you in a position to be better. And that's not happening. Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest of all time. What's going on with Green Bay? We'll talk about them soon. So yeah. so I agree with you, Mitch, as far as like, hey, if you're in it to win it this year. Um, but, but I don't know where you go with it. I think that's the, the, the trouble with, with the take of being, maybe being the biggest loser, Mitch, you know, if you could get Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you know, and yeah. you're given Herbert plus, mm -hmm. maybe that's an angle for you, Mitch. Cause then you're getting a franchise quarterback. That's going to do what you expected this year, but be very careful not to, not to trade. Justin yeah. Herbert. I mean, it would, the problem He's is so young. If you moved him now, you would probably, you would really only be able to go want to go down to maybe Dak or no, Burrow or something like that, right? But that would be bro. like as far as you'd be willing to drop while yeah. getting another piece added on. So right now it is super hard to move him, but my worry is it's going to be even harder to move him throughout the season. And maybe that's okay. Maybe you're just saying, you know, maybe I just play someone else each week or you're just okay with those, you know, slightly above mediocre points he's giving you. But I had a really hard time coming up with the loser this week because I didn't want to mention any of the injured guys. So I was like, who's someone I could bring up that I do actually think a month from now could be a little bit lower in value. And so that's, that's why I came up with Herbert, but Oh man, do you, do you have a whole list of players? And I agree with every single one of them. I was just saying, are you just saying I'm like negative, you know, Nelly this week with well, all my, well, my negativity Don's, and my, my Don's notes not here. And so you brought in the notes to where like, <laughs> you know, you brought in the book in like 15 players instead of like, it says like biggest dynasty winner and loser. So I picked, you know, two, I even went out and got a third one, but yeah, right. you have a couple. So what you're saying is you're throwing me under the bus here and you're following the rules with John, not here, but I, I I'm breaking them like John normally does. Yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah. It's I, not I, my fault. I get it. I get it. That's fair. So, all right. So my biggest losers, I'm making mm -hmm. it plural. So we, you knew we had to make up time tonight because John talks it's all night and we normally don't get a word in. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now we could get some words in tonight. So we're going to take advantage of this. So biggest losers, I, I look at it from a team standpoint. And a lot of these teams were very high in my dysfunction rankings. Note this in the beginning of the year. And it's coming to fruition 
and my my comment always was, you know, it's not that there's not guys on these rosters that maybe we don't want fantasy wise, but if you're drafting a team and you're between player A and player B, and player A is on this dysfunctional team that's not working good, you want to go with player B. So I'll start with that Washington, Chicago, Amazon Prime oh, contract Lord. nightmare on Thursday night that we so all watched bad. and was so painful to go through. Like, I don't know where it's going for these teams fantasy-wise, and I I am completely out on Washington players. I'm completely out on Chicago Bear players. Those two teams, I put my notes, as you were busting me, are dead to me. They are absolutely dead to me. <laughs> I, I, I never liked Wentz, and it, it's not getting any better there for him. It's not getting any better there for the running game. You know, we're, we're hopeful on Brian Robinson, but they're still, you know, oh, this, one week it's, you know, Gibson special teams. And one week's we need to get on the ball more. Then we shouldn't get it. Like, I don't know what they're doing there. I think it's a matter of time Ron Rivera is out, but I have no faith in Daniel Snyder fixing it after Ron Rivera is going to be out. He's given us no hope to, to believe that. They're an organization that should be focusing on football, but they got too much to focus on off the field. And, I don't want anyone. I mean, how many years are we going to wait on to Terry McLaurin to be, yep. you, you know, what we hope him to be? I thought we, I think we got as much as we're going to get out of Curtis Samuel. He's dropping balls right now. Looked looked pretty bad in the last game. Got open, but just couldn't catch a cold. Uh, there's just nothing attractive there. The Chicago Bears, Justin Fields. I mean, I don't know if they were hoping for a storyline, watching his breathing exercises on the sideline with the meditation that he's taking in. And I'm a big advocate for meditation, by the way, Mitch. But (laughs) I think think on the sidelines, that's not enough to make you a good quarterback. Like, I think he's under so much pressure and stress and just sees the sink shipping and that coaching staff and organizations also not helping. But but I think they got it wrong. I think he's a running back playing quarterback. He was horrible. I mean, that was a terrible pass defense. And, and again, the organization doesn't give me any faith. I know there is part of that that's on the lack of wide receivers outside Mooney. Um, you know, Mooney and the running backs, you know, maybe they're stashes, but they're not winning your fantasy leagues. And th- this team is just not getting any better. So I, I think that just it was like the, the funeral for those two organizations in week six. And they were definitely my biggest loser. Yeah. My biggest worry with Fields is, like you said, maybe he just – isn't good someone in the discord brought it up and i don't know how much you buy into this but you might know a little bit more about it do you buy into the ohio state just doesn't make good quarterbacks for the nfl maybe it's an amazing system for college but maybe it does nothing for him for the nfl and which you know kind of just brings us into stroud for this upcoming season but you know, if it happens 10 times in a row, John, you know, analytically, it'd be like, you know, it's probably going to happen 11th. And it's just, you don't want to see it, but. The sample size is, size is getting large. It's definitely getting large. And again, I, I don't want to just bury future Ohio State quarterbacks, especially right. coming next year. I, I like to be a little bit more optimistic, but I think we've got to take a little harder look. Now, I, I think when you look at Justin Fields, maybe we're ignoring the signs. I'm a diehard Georgia Bulldog fan. If he was as great as he's supposed to be, I don't think they were going to start Jake Fromm over him to in chance losing Justin Fields when Fromm was the quarterback there. And they did. They went with Fromm. He transferred. So, you know, like, and, yeah. and what is Drake, Jake Fromm? Tra- Jake Fromm was never an NFL quarterback. He was a good college quarterback. And, mm-hmm. and we could separate that. So there may have been some signs there. And, and I'd even be okay if Fields, and I feel bad because I know there's still some people like that. I mean, they're invested in Fields and they're hoping. But I'd be okay if he was even inconsistent. He's not even inconsistent. It's like, I mean, he, he, he is afraid to throw the ball. 
And I know, you know, running helps us in fantasy and we like that, but at least Jalen Hurts is making enough plays. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the Eagles system long-term because they're doing yeah. this single wing and it's, you know, it's tough to defend, but you know, we'll see how we'll see where that goes. But um, I just out on fields. I don't see the talent, Mitch. Like he just, he can't hit a drag route when the guy's one-on-one and just lead him. He's afraid to throw. This sucks because I want to give advice on who to move him for right now. So you have fields on your team. You drafted him high. I can tell you right now, you're drafting him in the second to third round of every Superflex draft because I drafted him in a lot of those. That's where he was going. But now it's like, if you're going to move him, I don't think you could get Zach Wilson for him. You might, you might honestly be down to the Danny Dimes, Ryan Tannehill sort of quarterbacks. And at this point, jump on I, I have more faith in Daniel Jones starting next year than I have in Justin Fields starting eight games next year. You know, between watching football last year, you know, Danny Dimes' issue last year was coaching. Yes, he had a fumble problem. I'm not saying he's completely cured of that. I think he fumbled once in this last game. (laughs) Um, But but like over six weeks and showing flashes last year, he's showing ability. He's showing he could be coachable. He's showing he can manage a game and make timely plays. And, and do that with a very thin wide receiver group. So if I could get Daniel Jones for fields, Tannehill, I'm a little less, you know, maybe because he's a little bit older and I'm a little, right. I, I don't know. It's just a little harder for me to stomach. But if you could get Daniel Jones, can you, can you get a late first pitch? With, with Jones? I don't with, think no, so. No, for, for fields. Like, oh. could, you, could you move fields and get a late first? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Because I, I was, I would say like, I'd be okay looking for the next Kenny Pickett or Mac Jones. Like right, I'm just yeah. that out on fields. I just don't I think he's good. You know, I'm actually going to try the fields for dimes trades and I'll report back in the discord to everybody who's in there I'm about how it's going. But I really think you kind of have to, because you can't start fields anymore. It, you can't have any faith that this coaching staff is going to do anything. It's, it's weird how bad there are with like, how bad some coaching staffs are in the NFL and how obvious it is for us to see it as football fans, but you know, they're going to be there for two or three more years. And so you're just like, well, at least I'm not a bears fan right now. Sorry, bears fans. Uh, Yeah. Condolences in Chicago. Ryan puts up in the chat there, you know, Justin Fields for Geno Smith in a second. That's again, another hard one. Cause, cause I mean, cause I mean like Geno Smith is like, I mean, that's a large sample size previously of just, yeah, I mean, the guy's 32 and he's just coming into his own now. And then, you know, Pete Carroll, what, what was that comment last week about Drew Locke nipping at his heels? Oh, like, yeah. I, yeah. I, I have like, what is he saying? I, I'm hoping that's just for a morale in the locker room there, but through six weeks, yeah, Geno Smith is getting rid of the ball where he used to hold it too long. You know, this week it seemed like they covered Metcalf and Lockett a little bit more. I was a little disappointed. I was a lot disappointed in that Seattle-Arizona game that I thought was supposed to be high scoring. But he still moved the ball and found guys like Marquise Goodwin and uh, uh, D. Eskridge. And he wasn't as bad as Justin Fields. You know, I mean, they won the game, morale's up. So I I really think it's going to be hard for Seattle to move off Geno Smith anytime soon unless they do go in a free agent direction in the offseason. I mean, who knows? Yeah, it. so it, I think with a Geno Smith for a second for Fields, it's something when you're on a podcast, you don't want to say, I might take the Geno side, but it's something in a league to where if I'm contending and I'm looking at it, I'm like, yeah, 
I can actually take the Geno side, but it's nothing you actually want to say out loud because you know there's going to be a point this week to where you see that offer in your inbox and you're just like, well, mm. this is why you shouldn't have podcasts, folks. <laughs> you know, and I will say if, if, you, if someone does go down that road, it has to be an early second. Like, right. like, like that team must be terrible, you know? So, Hey, they, they want the upside of fields. They're going to give you Gino. Who's going to help you to contend. And if that second is good, maybe a picket Danny Jones, Mac Jones type guy either slides, or you could take that second and trade up into the first round and get really creative. So mm-hmm. it's, it's something to work at and look at, um, Mitch just sh- shifting gears a bit. So those, those two organizations are, are dead to me. But there are a few organizations that I just think are on life support, potentially. I think they could have some splash games, show some life. I don't think that the talent in the organizations are completely dead. But, boy, I'm getting concerned. The Denver Broncos is like a, a, a relationship roller coaster. <laughs> so you know, it's like Russ is the, the new hope. Russ is terrible. Oh, Russ has an injury. Wait, he's back. He shows flashes in the first half versus the Chargers. Russ can't can't hit the broadside of the barn <laughs> in the second half. Oh, wait, Russ is injured again. So I don't know what's happening in Denver. The, the, their coaching staff I saw in our Discord today, you know, the, there was a good comment in there about it being like as bad as Jacksonville, but that bar was so low that right. you're like, okay, it's not that bad. But um, their coaching staff in year one has been concerning. It, it's It's one of those coaching staffs where – you know, is Denver going to pull a plug after year one if the ship keeps getting worse and worse and worse? Or are we in for a couple bad years in Denver? And it's making it very hard to have confidence in your Cortland Suttons and Jerry Judys who do have talent um, in a running back situation that's a mess until Javante Williams gets healthy and back next year. So concerned there. I'm concerned in Arizona. You and I have both yep. shared concerns with Arizona and Kyler Murray in the past. The only thing that took the wind out of our sails is our Trey Lance hope went down like the Titanic. <laughs> that it uh, did, man. You know, so so we we were a little off and you know finding a replacement, but but like he is not worth the money he's getting. Like like I mean I don't know how many sample sizes we need from last year to this year to just he's not he's definitely a freak athlete but he's just not an instinctually good talented super bowl winning quarterback and and it's he's in an organization that's like re-upped everybody even though they're not doing a good job from the general manager to the head coach so like help me here understand what's going on in arizona where i don't see that organization getting any younger either well that's the problem is they aren't good they're old the coaching isn't good. Kyler isn't a quarterback who's making the pieces around him better. The defense isn't good. They play in a hard division. But Kyler is enough, like you said, of a great athlete to be very good for fantasy rosters. So you're going to have to decide if you're okay with him being the quarterback of a very bad franchise for a long time. That coaching staff isn't going anywhere. The general manager isn't going anywhere. And they make horrible decision after horrible decision after horrible decision. And you just have to hope when Hopkins comes back that he helps elevate Kyler's game. Because I don't think it's Kyler elevating Hopkins' game. I think it's the other way around there. Yeah. You know, and, and I think he kind of falls in maybe that minus the the ultimate ceiling and overall quarterback talent. But from the fantasy landscape, he's in that maybe Herbert realm of yeah. when we started this dynasty offseason – and we're having startup drafts. The expectation is, hey, once Josh Allen and Mahomes went, 
we were choosing between, hey, pick your poison, Lamar Herbert, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's not in that class. Dude. You know, he's, and I think we know he's fallen back a bit. So it's, it's more it's, he's being paid like and treated like this elite talent, and he's not there. Um, and that's where I'm kind of fa- falling out on him. And I think this organization has a very uphill battle. So and that's why I normally fa- I have I've historically faded. I have zero shares of Kyler Murray because I feared this. I just, I just didn't see it. I have one because like he fell to me in a startup draft and the other quarterbacks went so I took him and everybody in that league knows I don't like Kyler Murray on my teams. So they offer me nothing for ah. him. So I'm convinced <laughs> I'm stuck with Kyler Murray on that team for like as long as I'm in that league. Yep. So, you know where we stand with Kyler. There's a couple more on the list here. We got a little bit more time. The New York Jets pass game, again, is concerning from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm a little bit struggling, again, with coach and staff here. And, and, it, and it, again, this is like mixed feeling. This isn't like a Washington, Chicago's dead to me. Broncos got it wrong. This is like, all right, Sal is, you know, even though I've had some questions with him, like that defense is turning up big time. Like, they're really starting to get into gear. The run game looks good, but they're, like, still missing on a couple of cylinders. So, I'm like, I'm, I'm very interested to see where this goes, how much could Zach Wilson improve, how patient are they with the offensive coordinator. And, and again, just from, like, I have no confidence in starting a Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore in any of my lineups, despite the talent, nor Zach Wilson necessarily for that matter. They're, they're a run and grinded out kind of team right now. So they concern me, Mitch. And then a, a couple in there, the Green Bay Packers seem to be on a similar life support. And now they just pay, play the Jets. So these two kind of came into the mm-hmm. package together as I watched that game. You know, as I have five screens on Sundays analyzing all the DFS and Dynasty lineups, that one got the main screen TV for me because I was really interested in seeing the Jets passing game and where kind of Green Bay's at with Dobbs and, 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 the, and Rodgers in that situation. And Green Bay looks bad. Like the, the, it's, this is this like post Devonte Adams era, and we're seeing some reports now that Green Bay is looking for a wide receiver. Like they're in trouble. Their offensive line's in trouble. Rodgers looks more frustrated than ever, and I don't see this as necessarily as fixable. The run game got smashed last week, um, so I, I'm really concerned with any of my Green Bay shares. So I said this yesterday or this earlier this week in the Discord, and I stand by it. Uh, Green Bay is a good team that isn't a good team. Like, they, they could show up and they could beat anybody any every week of the season. And, like, they could go to Tampa Bay. I could see them winning at Tampa Bay. They could go to Buffalo. I could see them winning at Buffalo, right? But they could also lose the Jets. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that makes complete sense because, like, the, the team does have a ton of holes. And you worry with Rodgers, right? You worry that I think he loves football. He's a competitor. That's what makes him amazing. But you wonder at some point, he's just like, no, I'm good. I'm going to go do my own thing. Because he is the guy who could just walk away from football at any time, and we could all see it happen. It wouldn't shock me for him to go straight Andrew Luck and be like, you know what, guys? I'm done. Peace. And like he just doesn't play football again after this year. Or he could play six more years and continue to be amazing. He's just... I think that franchise as a whole right now, there's so many questions, which makes it hard is we don't know Aaron Jones good weekly. Every week he's good. We cannot have any conviction that he's going to have any dynasty value going into 2023 
because of Aaron Rodgers. And it's the same for that whole team. And just to talk real quick about the Jets is, I think it's that's just what's going to happen. With Zach Wilson being so young, he's going to find whoever he likes. It looks like it's Garrett Wilson. And Garrett Wilson is going to get targets. Elijah Moore is going to get the zeros. It's just kind of what it looks like. And I think with the Jets, I'm a little more upbeat and optimistic than I am with Green Bay, as crazy as that sounds. I'm just watching closely to see, okay, hey, what adjustments can the Jets make? You know, okay, can they make it an offensive coordinator? Could they make it in the passing games? Or, you know, what, what do they do? Green Bay, we know Green Bay. They've got a track record here. I am, I am, I have been out on their head coach. I, there's been a lot of things I don't like. I think he's was very fortunate and blessed to have an elite quarterback and an elite receiver that could take you on your back and a good defense and a good defensive coordinator where they were, you mm -hmm. know, in postseason contention. And then it would always they they they've fallen short in recent years. They can't make the Super Bowl. But now when you lose that elite receiver, which Devontae Adams is, he's showing it again with the Raiders, despite that team's, you know, challenges this year. But without him I, and the offensive line getting worse, you know, I don't think it's the same Aaron Rodgers that could just carry everybody and make it make it work. Um, I, I don't think he could overcome like he did in the past. Might have some moments, but a lot of fantasy concerns. Yeah, a complete, a complete agreement there. It's. There's just some bad teams in the NFL right now. We have to kind of deal with the fantasy aspects of that to where we had Rodgers. Remember the funny thing was everybody was like, the, every free agent wide receiver is going to go to Green Bay. They're going to get their dynasty value is going to go up because of this. He has pretty decent wide receivers. Lazard's, you know, good enough. Cobbs, good enough. Dobbs, you know, he's talented enough. But you wonder if this team just isn't good enough anymore to put up those fantasy finishes that we want. Yeah, I think like they're good players, Mitch, but like a good defensive coordinator like we saw or good defense good like we saw with the Jets says that's not enough to scare us. That's right. not going to beat us. You know, Devontae Adams could make things happen like you wouldn't imagine. He, you know, you could have a little SO line help and Adams could get that ball out of his hands quick and Adams is going to be open or there, or do something incredible. They don't have that. Um, and again, the old line, I think is, is worse than past years. Yeah. So, you know, I guess uh, other small notes, uh, my boy, Devin Duvernay, I was kind of hoping this week cause he's flashed hey, this year. Same here. Number one wide receiver this week. I was thinking he'd splash, but it wasn't there, but he, there was opportunities. I watched that game. Lamar was streaky. And, and I think that's just what you get in Lamar. You know, I, I think every season we go through this Lamar Jackson roller coaster. And I don't think it's like a Kyler Murray roller coaster because his talent is off the charts sometimes and he could make throws and runs, but it comes with a little bit of streakiness. And I think we saw that this week. I, I think we, they do need Bateman back, you know, ultimately to, to just have an extra weapon out there. And then Travis Etienne, you know, he was an interesting one again, Mitch. I, I was high on him this week, took him in my DFS lineups two weeks in a row. Again, look, Looked good. I don't have any issues with him and his talent. I'm just like from a fantasy perspective, still stuck in that little um, conundrum where he's getting taken out in the inside the five. You know, so you're not getting goal line mm -hmm. touches. And then, you know, even though James Robinson there, all of a sudden, you know, Jamichael Hasty's getting a carry. And, you know, our luck, he goes and breaks a big one. So, you know, <laughs> Robinson or ETN don't get any points, which stinks. Um, so it's just a little bit of like, flux there of that running back situation that I think takes a little bit of the luster over the, the, the ceiling maybe. 
Yeah, it's tough. Or the floor, I, mean, I don't know. I don't and know. there were so many injuries this week, too. And so there's, you know, we could go on for another two hours and talk about all the injured guys, too. I think we did a pretty good job not just hammering those today. But a big part of, like, Dynasty right now, it's, the funny thing is, it's like, it's so hard to set your lineup. Like, if you're not active Sunday mornings, there are so many inactives, so many injuries. And there's actually players on the waiver wire you can go out and pick up because there are so many injuries. So right now, it's just so important to be more active than what your league mates are. Because if you are, you're giving yourself wins right now because there's teams out there who are just dead. They're not doing a single thing. They're setting your lineup, and that's it. With this many injuries and bye weeks happening, if you're just a little bit more active, you're giving yourself more wins there. Yep. You're, you're kind of cutting into my final thoughts. So I don't know if I want to. Hold on. Maybe... Hold on. Final thoughts. I love how we time that. So, Mitch, my final thoughts tonight are to your point of being active compared to your owners. As I'm looking at a lot of my dynasty lineups, and tonight's the night, you know, we're getting ready for free agents, setting lineups, seeing how things are changing in the landscape. I'm looking at a lot of the dynasty rosters that still have a lot of guys with like dead weight on the bat- bottom of their roster. And when you have that dead weight, you're missing out on guys like, Let's look back to last weekend, like Kenyon Drake. I, I didn't anticipate, no one did last week with, with, you know, with Dobbins, but as opposed to having a guy on your roster that no one heard of and like, you know, is not going to play this year. Keep like a Kenyon Drake stashed on your roster. Latavius Murray, who all of a sudden, you know, Melvin Gordon gets benched. At least you got a fighting chance of having some running back depth or, you know, trading the guy for a draft pick because someone else needs running back help versus just having that dead weight on your roster. So my final thought is please continue to be active. Keep scouring your waiver wires and just, you know, take some guys with at least a pulse versus keeping that dead weight on your roster. No, that's such a good one. And the only thing I'm going to add is we're almost halfway through the fantasy season. Fantasy playoffs in a lot of leagues start week 13, week 14, depending on what your league did when they expanded the season, the extra game. And you have to make decisions now if your competitor or if you're rebuilding. And if you put it off for a few more weeks, you're going to miss out on some really good deals. You already see people in the Discord starting to do the, getting the little bit of the more contender aspect on some of their teams and willing to give up the younger guys. And I think the sooner you make that decision, the better off you're going to be because of just how quickly things can change in Dynasty right now. For sure. I've got a few rosters with some tough decisions to be made this week, so we we will see which direction we go. Mitch, are you going to take us home here? I'll let you do it, man. It's all you. Uh, all right. I guess, you know, I always forget the, the, the outro when John leaves. I'm all amped and hyped up at the beginning of the show. But, you know, to all our Discord listeners, please subscribe to our channel. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF, presented by Manscaped, a proud member of, of Dynasty League football. And um, for Mitch Sorensen and Dan LaMagna, it's been a pleasure tonight. Episode 178, we're signing out.